Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Season two, episode eight of the Manly Musings podcast. Tonight, we have a special guest. Um, and Kevin, this is your friend. So I want you to yes. do the intro. So take it over. Yes. So greetings. Oh, F- FYI, everybody. I- Kevin is uh, smoking a pack a day for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Just so y'all Thanks. know. Thanks. <laughs> yes. Greetings, everyone. Kevin out here for your Manly Musings podcast. Um, want to go ahead and introduce a great friend of mine from the days of battling it out at the rec center um, until now. Uh, he's got, he's rocking it out over in Salisbury, Maryland. We have the, hold on, I have your title. I wrote it down on the sheets. The Recreation Superintendent at Lacomico County, Mr. James Simmons. I know him as Jess. So, Jess, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you guys for having me. I'm honored. I'm glad we're, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, you are also on. So this is episode eight of season two, which is also episode 60 overall. All right. We've been doing yes. this right. for that long. Yes, Merritt. We have been doing this for that long. And I you haven't you haven't fired me yet and replaced me. So I can't replace a, I you. It. I can't. I think people would revolt if I replaced you or if you replaced me. So no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. If, if you would, keep, would be it. If you keep up the the pack a day, you might not have a voice left soon. So <laughs> I know I might I might just have to live the guy sending notes to make sure. Hey, make sure you talk about this. I will be the guy that has not on camera. I'll just have like a picture of me because I'm not gonna be able to talk. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. All right. With that, let's talk about some fun stuff because. There's some wild stuff happening in the world of sports this week. My favorite basketball team decided to lay a goose egg for two days in a row and lose to an unranked team and then go into quadruple overtime and lose uh, and go from number one in the standings to number 18. So that was great for UNC. Um, So that's fantastic there. College basketball, I think Texas or Houston right now is the number one team. Um, depending on what poll you look at, but it's Houston's first time since the eighties as the number one team in the country. Shout out to Houston. Like since like Elijah one was there. Yeah. Wow. Five slam a jamma. Well, they weren't that good for a long time. They just kind of fell off the face of the earth. And then all of a sudden three years ago, they were Calvin, like, Oh, we're good. Calvin Sampson. Calvin Sampson's got him going. Yep. Yeah. Solid. The first thing I'll just say, you know, shout out to uh, Alabama. Roll Tide. Was it four overtimes they lost? Four overtimes. That's crazy. That I just remember seeing that. I was like, there's no way there's four overtimes that they just went through. I'm just mad that UNC lost the night before or two days prior to an unranked team in Iowa. And they didn't just lose. They got, like, blown out. Yeah. I mean, hey, well, also remember, you know, it's to, early. It's early. It's early. early. It's only no. It's what? It's no can, November thirtieth, Wednesday at seven forty p.m. You know, it's nothing right now. They can be complete in March. That's true, and they they've only been playing for what three weeks, really? Exactly. So you know, 
it's just it's it's nothing. And you know, like right now, it's the preliminaries. Like like Chris, for instance, right now, one of the best teams I think right now is Purdue with their seven foot four monster. And like, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna say, have you guys ever remembered a team jumping that far in the rankings? Like that? No. Like in no. one weekend? That's crazy. Like twenty fourth to fifth is insane. Yeah, that that only happens yeah. when you like destroy Duke like the way you did. <laughs> and Gonzaga. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, they, they beat us by twelve. They beat Gonzaga by what eighteen or nineteen? Yeah. And same with and, Duke. And then Duke. Yeah. And they so, have every single Mr. Indiana on their basketball team for the last like <laughs> three, four years. I think the only one that they did have was, I think, 2020, but they got the guy that was second place. So, I mean, I'd still consider that Mr. Indiana as well. So, so crazy. I know I know you mentioned Edie, the, the monster. Like, he's gotten so much better from last year. He's, he's extremely tough. But after the game, I was watching, and I saw him taking a championship picture, and then I saw it posted later somewhere. There's a there's a big redheaded kid that is as tall as him in the picture. Like, what? They've got oh, another one right behind him. They just constantly have seven footers that are they are they are known for the taller players. Remember when we beat them like in when we were in school, Kevin? Yo, yeah, they had like Jawan Johnson, who's like six yeah. ten, seven feet. They but he could love shoot. Kid Robbie could Hummel shoot. was like six Hummel, ten yeah. as well. Oh gosh, I forgot about Hummel. Yeah, per- yeah, Purdue, like, that is a scary team. Somebody tall, and I'm not going to lie, maybe this is just maybe showing my age. It was just nice to see, like, a big guy showing off some post moves instead of trying to see him shoot, like, 30-footers. You know, yes. I don't know. Maybe no. maybe I'm just old, but, like, that was refreshing to see, like, hey, I got a seven-foot-four guy in the post, clanging and banging. And throwing it over guys with a little sky hook. I like that kind of basketball. I want that back so bad. I don't like this. Oh. We've talked about it. I don't like the the shoot of three every two seconds. Uh, though the Boston Celtics are really good at it this year. Uh, <laughs> I still don't like it personally. But that was good there. Tevin, I, I want to ask, how was the stadium? On Sunday, when Mike White trots out on the field and throws for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Man, all you kept hearing is Mike White, do, do, Mike White, do, do, the whole stadium going crazy for this guy. And granted, he's had time to play before. He he covered for Zach Wilson last year, and he played really, really well. And I think I... You know, I can't confirm, but by the looks of it and by the way things are going over there and the if the way they performed this weekend, I'm gonna book it right now. I'm gonna bank that we may we may have seen the last of Mr. Zach Wilson in a Jets uniform. I'm gonna really? bank I'm, I'm I'm calling that right now. That quick? I am that quick. And maybe the, I shouldn't be saying this, but, you know, just from some sources, you know, what you would notice if you went to a Jets game, there was no number twos being sold around 
the stadium and mm. there was none to be found in the stadium. Normally only ponchos. Like, only yeah. ponchos. <laughs> only yes. ponchos. That were a lot of requests. A lot of requests for a number 17. But like huh. to find a number 17, Wilson, you know, it's a needle in a haystack because everybody wants him. But normally wow, when places do that, they're preparing for that. That's person pretty telling. No yeah. longer. Yeah. So just just remember this. Remember that statement. And when you go into the offseason for the NFL, you heard it first. Wow. I'm I think he I don't think he is he's done as a jet. I think he needs to sit down and eat some humble pie or take a face plant into some humbleness somewhere. Cause that boy is uh thinking he's all that. But you know what? He gets the bag, uh, you know, his friend's best his best friend's mom, so good for him. I, I you know they like like the t shirt say yeah, he's, the t shirt say throwing bombs and banging moms. Shout good out for him. to him. But you know what? You sat on the bench and you look like Anakin Skywalker's whatever what all the memes were this weekend was him looking like Anakin. I was like, Ooh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we'll see. Maybe I could be wrong, but like I've just seen some things in the past where, you know, when they do things like this, that's normally a telling sign that something above us is projecting the future and it's sounding that he's not a part of it. It's interesting. I think I'm going to tweet. I think I'm going to tweet Adam Schefter real quick and see if we can get him to break that. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? (laughs) That would be hilarious. Oh, my God. That'd be hysterical. (laughs) All of a sudden, we all look at our phones. Uh oh, <laughs> Kevin! Thirty thousand tweets, and then all of a sudden, sources, sources from Kevin Cueva, Mela, Kevin Cueva, and then I get a call: "You have been fired from MetLife Stadium." Blah blah blah, <laughs> and I'm like, "But then the podcast blows up because that's where they found the first news." So I don't know. I w- I would I could take that trade off if if that I actually. <laughs> hey, with the things where where I work is going, I I take that trade off any day of the week, bro. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Damn. I love it. Um, more basketball news. I thought this was fantastic. I love this character, this player. Kemba Walker is now the backup point guard in Dallas. Fantastic spot for him. Easily a good, yeah, the I, best I fit love, for him right now. I love Kemba. Cardiac Kemba, one of my favorites. You know, we got to watch him in school. He was on my New York Knicks for a cup of coffee. He didn't, you know, it just didn't work out well. But, you know, I think he's still got a lot of game left. Um, he's in a backup role, so a lot of the pressure is not going to be on him. So he can just kind of come in, shoot some threes, you know, get it some relief, Luca for a couple of minutes, and then, you know, rest so he doesn't have to, like, strain his body because he's getting older. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, I got a big Dallas Mavs fan in my house. She's kind of converted me, so – he um he's just got to play in spurts like Luca. Luca's incredible, and he literally just needs to come on. Like he can fill it up quick too. I mean, he could he could be a pretty big impact for them. Yeah, he's going to be when they played against the Celtics. What last week? I watched the game, and the only person that could score was Luca, and then maybe a little bit of from Dinwiddie, and that was that was yes. it. And you have no bench scoring, so if he comes off the bench, he's could drop you 20 points 
easily every night yeah. without trying. So yes, since we're on that topic, Jess, we know your wife is a huge Dallas Mavs fan. Is she upset the way you know they put together uh, Luca and Chris Stapps bringing us together? They didn't work out well together, and then all of a sudden now Chris Stapps is balling in DC. Is she any way upset that? Is she any way upset that like now all of a sudden now he decided to start playing well that he left Dallas? I think she is more upset with how Luca complains every five seconds to the referees. Like that's <laughs> that's what she's more upset about. I, I think she's moved on from Kristaps, but but uh, Luca, while he's incredible, you <laughs> just want him to shut up and play. <laughs> he's so true. good. He's he so is. good, but he's such a baby on the court right now. Oh my god, yes. Oh my goodness. Shout out That's, to Luca. Don't that is the here. NBA as we know it these days. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yes. I, he is I, insane though. I mean, it, you can you can act however you want if you're that good, I guess. <laughs> well, the Celtics got Grant Williams who doesn't know how to stop talking to the refs and trips over players or runs through players on yeah. accident. Like dude, you're a role player. Don't talk to refs, please. Stop getting technicals. That's all I ask as a Celtics yeah. fan. Like, come on. Um, big question here. Did either of you watch yesterday's game? So I I was in the middle of media day for our event. Oh, and um, or actually we were in the middle of setup. So I was kind of I was kind of prepping for my big speech and then I could not get any of my staff to help me do anything because they were glued to it. <laughs> they were glued to it. So I kept As getting updates be. from them. I didn't get to watch it, but I, I I started watching a little bit of a replay today when I got home. But that's that's awesome. awesome. Kevin, did it's you Saturday, watch it? Saturday at 10, right? Yeah, Saturday they play. I think cover starts at 10, game starts at 11 against – Holland or the Netherlands, however you want to call it. It's either one. So now is this like it's winner go home now? Yes, this Correct. is not now you're into the knockout phase. So they will finish. I think group play finishes Which, tomorrow with the last few teams. But yeah. I'm I'm excited. I mean, fingers crossed that the USA can do it. I don't know how far they're gonna go. A lot of people have them in like the middle rounds, but I think right now we just need to see them scoring. They scored twice. That's it. Three games, <laughs> yeah. two goals. Yeah. So fingers crossed that maybe they can have like two goals in a game or like three. They goals had in two goals game. in a game, but the uh, guy was offsides by like an arm length. Oh. Yeah. That see, yes. like soccer stresses me the hell out when I watch it because I'm like, these guys are running. Holy hell, through like up and down this field. And then you're going to tell me that like they got offsides by like an arm length like that. See, that that just drives me crazy. Yeah, that was so <laughs> much fun though. 38th minute uh, goal by, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher his name. Polishik, I believe is how Pulisic. he Pulisic. And dude got a groin contusion. Yeah. It literally looked like he took a full knee. To the family jewels. Uh, 
<laughs> and it just reverberated through his whole body. Um, but that goal was beautiful. They had a couple opportunities to score another one. And then um, Iran literally just went berserk in the second half and put on the attack. And we somehow got out of that one without tying and going home. Yeah. So I'll take it. Not the best way to win it, but I'll take a, a win and get out of the knockout, get to the knockout round because no one predicted, you know, that we would even make it this far. I think a lot of teams were like, "Well, oh, CUS, they'll screw up somewhere," which normally happens. I think a lot of us thought that. But... <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. 10 a.m. Saturday. Um, I'm gonna make sure that I tune in. Hopefully, we're able to see. You know, U.S. move on and see how far they can take it. I mean, I don't know what happens when they run into like another like, like who would they face if they were to win this matchup? Ooh, that's a good question. Let's see. World because I was about to say like if it ends up being like Brazil or like Portugal, oh. you might as well just, might as well just uh. say Sayonara. To our dreams. We'll, we'll run into somebody at some point. Like that um, pretty soon. Let's put it this way. If we win. Okay. We either play yeah, Australia. We either play okay. Australia, who's meh. They got blown out by France, like, badly. I, I'm actually shocked they made it, it this far. Or um, one of the best soccer players to ever play the game in Messi in Argentina. Oh. Oh. That's Didn't cool. they? Did they, did they lose to somebody in group play? They Saudi lost Arabia. to Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, and then they won their okay. last two games, so it got them in. Um, it woke yeah. them up. But oh my gosh, the other games, if France wins, it's going to be France versus England or Senegal versus France because they're playing Poland right. and France looks amazing. So we still have eight more teams to settle i i don't know if this is all from yeah these were today's game some of these were from today so we will uh see what happens moving forward but it'll be fun and then 20, sure. 2026 we can actually go to some games oh we're going there's oh yes there's yes, i'm going to three states metlife gillette and where the eagles play wells fargo that's, All our hosting you mean games. Lincoln Financial. You Lincoln, mean Lincoln Financial. Financial. Oh, sorry. I don't pay attention anymore. It used to be well, <laughs> whatever. We um, did the same thing last week. It's okay. I always do. I always screw up somewhere. That's why we have a producer, but he's not here with us to tell me I screwed up. <laughs> you did instead. <laughs> um, this one just came across my phone right as we started this. Um, and this is not a good look for Nebraska football. So their interim head coach. Um, Mickey Joseph, who everyone was up in arms about, so happy about because he was the first black coach ever in Nebraska athletic history, um, was arrested for suspicion of strangulation and third degree assault tonight. Um, yeah, that's rough. That's pretty bad. Pretty bad. That is really terrifying. Yeah, that is not a good look, especially the way 
Nebraska is looking. Did they just hire Matt Rule, though? Yes, they hired Matt Rule as the new head coach. But I don't know if Nebraska had won enough games to make it to a bowl game. So they may have, and now they have no head coach for it. Well, I mean, I don't know what to say here. It's like, it's like damned. It's that's it's extremely unfortunate. Like, like you know, you were, you were, you know, celebrating so much for you being able to get that position because Nebraska just you wouldn't think of Nebraska to like do something like they did. But now you're gonna do, go ahead and turn around, and now you have these allegations against you. Uh I, I it's it's unfortunate. I hopefully. Maybe that it's false, but hearing that it's not good. It sounds like it came, it was a call directly to his house. Oh, so something went something in the wrong. house wrong, and uh, whatever transpired, we cannot assume anything because we were not there and we don't have the evidence. Uh, something happened between him and someone else in his home. And it ended up in him in handcuffs. But he is on administrative leave at this point in time. Um, And then I just saw another thing. Trent Dilfer is now the head coach for UAB football. Yeah. I didn't didn't even know Trent Dilfer ever coached football. I just remember him being an analyst. He's been uh, coaching high school for like a while now. I thought he's been doing like the Elite 11 stuff. He's He's been like coaching up some of the top quarterback talent for a little while the last yeah, I remember but that's that'll be interesting yeah especially and that's like I... that's like a go keep going Kevin go oh sorry um that's like that's gonna be his first like collegiate coaching job you know group of five conference you know UAB you know solid program that I think they just maybe need a new fresh face I do remember a couple years back UAB lost their football program and then they brought it back after like two years. Um, so you know, maybe just another part of them rebuilding it. So we'll see what happens. And then Trent Dilfer, us, we grew up with him. We had seen him on like ESPN on NFL, uh, playing in the Super Bowl. So it'll be exciting to see what he can do. It will be. I agree. Um, so Kevin, do you want to talk about which sport first? Oh, well, <laughs> or do you well, want to so talk let's, to, let's, let's talk, go positive West you, Virginia basketball well both are positive <laughs> well I Bas- mean the way you look at it you could be negative for the other side not really we beat Oklahoma State in a typhoon yeah it's true shout I'll, out to them we ended 5-7 and seven. we won the last five and seven. last game of the season Mm-hmm. We could have easily won five, maybe four more games this year, depending on certain calls and certain other things that would go our way. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I I was happy that we won. Let's just put it that way. And watching okay. Nico play, yeah, he's he's going to be good. But Garrett Green is going to be the next quarterback right now. He, the one uh, thing I'll definitely say – 
I feel super bad for JT Dams. I just feel like he's just been getting hit with a lot of bad luck. It was great for us in the beginning of the season. Then just getting looks like some injuries and just took him way down. And well, he couldn't I'm throw really the ball happy. anymore. And he couldn't move. Yeah. yeah, couldn't move. You know, it was a much needed move for them to move to Garrett Green. He just I and I, I talked about it on the podcast. There's no reason why he should not be on the field with the way how elusive he moves, the way he can run with the ball. They needed to get him to play. So I'm excited. He's got some reps now. And with the speculations going on, it looks like we might have Neil back for another year. Yes. So So it sounds like the new athletic director, is it something Baker? I can't remember his first name. Ren 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 Baker. I almost said West for some reason. Um, He's coming from North Texas, reestablished North Texas as a decent football program and a pretty good basketball program as they've won or have placed in the top two in conference. They're in the CAA, I believe. Uh, Conference USA. USA, yes. Thank you, USA. Um, So they've done very well in a Power 5 conference. No, lower tier Power 5, truly. But now he's taking a step to see what we can do here. So he's going to reevaluate Neil Brown at the end of next season. If you're happy about that, great. If you're not, great. It's fine. It is what it is. It's really hard to fire an athletic director, find a new one, and then fire your head football coach and go find another one. Like, <laughs> you don't do that. There's no mm-hmm. rhyme or reason unless this guy, like, unless for some reason we brought in the get guy from Oregon and he brought somebody with him. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so I know he was the, I know he was the, the main choice. Uh, Rob Mullins, yep. uh, AD of Oregon, also West Virginia University alum of our sport management program. Um, so, you know, a lot of connections there. Um, I mean, uh, let's be real. If we were in his position, we probably would would be wouldn't really want to leave a place like Oregon. I think it's hell no. You know, the you connection know that you have with the, the Nike brand. Yeah. <laughs> so with that. I think the one thing I, that I never got to buy, he's never got to buy another piece of clothing again. Yeah, exactly. He gets like the dopest shoes ever, besides like the USA <laughs> men's soccer coach who has dope shoes every week. Yeah. Out of control. But I think the one thing I'm excited about this AD is um, a lot of the things that they've raved about him is that he is a hell of a fundraiser. So, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about one of the things that, you know, West Virginia hasn't really fully adopted yet is that true commitment to the NIL. And they think that with this addition of Ren Baker, he's going to help out a lot with that. So fingers crossed he does. Merritt, you and I have talked about numerous times on this podcast for like the last several months that there's got to be something more that we can do as a school and athletic administration to help out the NIL deals so we can stay mm-hmm. competitive with everyone else. So hopefully he's able to do that. And they said that he has been very picky on where he wants to go. Yeah. Um, he has, former Oklahoma state alumni and, you know, a principal in the state of Oklahoma. And he was a basketball yeah. coach at D two mm-hmm. level and NAIA level. 
Um, so the guy has a great background, but like you said, Kevin, very picky on where he wanted to leave. They said his salary when he now that he has left was around eight hundred thousand dollars a year at North Texas. Yeah, his salary definitely went up a lot um, coming here. So I'll be interested to see what he does. I'm intrigued. And yeah, I thought that. I thought the salary was pretty interesting. I saw 1.1 million for him and then they plus incentives. And then I saw in the same tweet, Shane Lyons was like nine thirty something. I thought that was interesting that he's, he's uh, I mean, Lyons came from Alabama. Like you would, you would think he would have gotten more money off the bat from jumping in, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And he, Shane Lyons also, he was a former alum of, of us as well. So the fact that, he only got that much money. That's like pretty surprising, but um, pretty decent money still. But yeah, for <laughs> yeah, real. <laughs> um, I, any of us that someone came over and said, "Hey, you want uh, nine hundred thirty thousand dollars?" What? <laughs> yeah, what do I have to do for it? Nothing. You just get to sit at a desk all day and pretend to do work. Yeah, right, pretty cool. much. Cool. I'll do it. Go shake some, you know, shake some hands, kiss some babies. Go see a coal mine every now and then. Yeah, there you go. I could do that. It's an easy job. Um, but yeah, and I also like that he's younger. He's not older and stuck in certain ways. Sounds like he's very flexible with what's going on in the new college atmosphere we're around. Um, other West Virginia news, Bryce Ford Wheaton is leaving. He is going to the NFL draft. He did declare that today. Dude, balled out. I love watching him play because he was a great wide receiver for us. I hope... We get to watch him on Sundays. If not, maybe we watch him on Saturdays or Thursdays whenever the XFL plays or, or <laughs> the AFL or in the CFL. So he's got options. So go have some fun. Yeah, I think you – I mean, let's be real. There would be really no reason for him to come back. He's been in school for way too long. Go get your money <laughs> and do what you got to do. But are we going to talk about our men's basketball team? Oh. Oh, finish, they finished fifth in the Phil Knight Classic. Um, uh, Kevin and I both agreed last week before the Purdue game that if we lost by 10 or so, it was a good game. We didn't really expect them to win because of, you know, all the Mr. Indianas and the seven-footers and all that stuff that Purdue apparently likes to harbor um, against a very smaller a smaller athletic team uh, that relies more on their shooting. So I'm very happy that where this team is, they have one loss. They blew out the Florida Gators badly by like 20 points. Yeah. Um, I don't know who they have next though. I thought I saw, I don't remember. They play Xavier this weekend for mm, the right. big 12, big East, uh, like, uh, like the challenge thing they do every year. Um, so that's going to be big. It's in, it's at Xavier. It's, so that's in Ohio, uh, surround so Cincinnati, Bob, you, yeah. we all know Bob Huggins and Cincinnati house anonymous. So that's going to be a, a huge game. And then it's a lot of, honestly, it's pretty smooth sailing until we get to big 12 play on new year's Eve. Uh, I think, and when we start to play, I think it's Kansas state, but, I, I really like this. 
I really like this basketball team this year. There's something different about them. You got, got size. If we need to press, we have guys that are able to press. I think Eric Stevenson is going to be a huge fan favorite. Um, he kind of reminds me of – he's like that player that if you're not a fan of that team, you hate him a <laughs> lot. Him. Like yeah. the vibe I, I get that. from him. I get Eric Devendorf vibes oh, from Stevenson, <laughs> like hard. Oh God! Because um, like I, there was a point where there's a highlight where he dunked it on yeah. Florida, and then like he said something something to the cheerleader, <laughs> and the cheerleader was like, "Like what did he just say?" <laughs> like I don't know what he said. Oh a man! A lot of people speculation said that they he shout out his number while he dunked to them, but. I, I we can't get full Smooth. clarification on that, which is that is. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot to get out in the middle of a dunk. Yeah, yeah. especially going up like that. Damn, <laughs> I don't think I could do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he, our guard play is a lot better. They I love, actually... I love watching Tucson. Yes. Oh, he's so good. I don't remember us having. I I can't remember a guard that's been able to just get wherever he wants at any point. And he wasn't known like he is. before coming here. He wasn't known for that. He was known for being more he's, of a defensive guard. And yeah. now it's like, oh yeah, I can he's, play he's, offense. He's like teardrop floaters. <laughs> like so, and I think like this is gonna be the wave. Like Bob Coach Huggins even talked about it in his press conference. He's like, I'm gonna go after guys in the portal. I may not, depending on what I have. I'm going to go after guys in the portal instead of maybe taking a high schooler where I'm not sure of. Because, like, look at what we have. Like, both Juco guys and Jimmy Bell and Wagyu, solid pieces. Then you have Stevenson, a senior. Tucson, another senior. Emmett Matthews, another senior. So, like, we're literally – and then I can't even forget about the guy, which – it's like you thought we had a lot of firepower. Then you have Jose Perez from Manhattan. Oh, my God. going to start yeah. in January. I can't like, wait to he, see where, what he does. I'm like, where are we going to put him? Where are we yeah. going to put him? He is going to light up the Big 12. It's going to be scary when he actually gets going. I think it's that feeling of like, if you were like, and I hate it because I know like Hugs does it all the time. Like, if you remember the 2010 team, those guys from New York is what like helped them win it. And now you have all these guys from New York together on a Bob Huggins team. It's I, I don't want to jinx it. It's gritty. Jinx it. Just, just it's going to be gritty Bob Huggins basketball, and they're going to slug it out with anyone in that Big 12. I know they projected us to be near the bottom of the Big 12 in basketball. I don't see that happening. I Texas and Kansas are right now the two so. best teams easily in the Big yeah. 12. But damn, we know we can beat Texas. We've done it plenty of times. We've beaten Kansas once almost every single year. Yeah. So I'll take one one out of the two from each team. I'll take it. So yeah. I'm excited. This team will be more fun to watch as we get into the the nitty gritty of the season. Yeah. The portal might be the way to go for us. Cause jumping from high school to Huggins, it cannot be easy. Like 
these guys at least at least have have lived the college athlete lifestyle for a year or two before they get there and, and uh it's not quite as much of an adjustment but no i mean God. any any high school recruit we we get it's they got to be super tough like javon carter to be able to hang with with huggins yeah you got to have that yeah. thick skin and gotta, he yeah. played a couple of those freshmen there the like uh josiah harris i mm, he's, yeah. he's a great he's i didn't realize he was he's gonna be a very good defender he's lanky he's long uh and then a couple of the guys from last year's team with the the seth wilson's the kobe johnson's like those are still some solid players that you are wielding in this rotation full of people that were not on your team last year. So they're just going to get better and better as the months go on. Yeah. And I would like to hope that we can get, make a nice little run in March. I just want us to continue playing the way we are. I last yeah. year, I, I don't think any the three of us could sit and watch a full West Virginia game last year. It was it was very very hard Brutal. to do. Now it, now it's like this is the the teams that we watched when we were in college. Like yeah. it's up and down, it's in your face and he's reinvented it again for the yep. 20th or something time in his coaching career. <laughs> he's changed his program. I don't yep. know any other coach that can do that. So and he does it with, let's be honest, no name players. He yeah. takes the no names and I means we've never. I mean, what are our two five stars ever? Ebanks and Cheapway. Like, yeah, a total of three and a half years spent at the university. <laughs> like, literally. No... Oh, Devin Ebanks. Well, you know what? It's funny you mentioned Ebanks because that's who I see in Trey Mitchell. Oh, yeah. I see they were the same damn number. I literally look at him like that is Ebanks, like as long, a replica. As long as we don't have a replica of Casey Mitchell just throwing threes up all over the place, I'll be okay. <laughs> I don't want that. He was don't... he was great for like the first five games that year. But after you remember was... where that... he would literally put up 30 and then the next was... game he was like it was the thanksgiving yeah it was yes. like the, the thanksgiving tournament in anaheim that year he went off i'm like oh my god we like, finally wait. have a shooter and then it's and, and then then he goes quiet for 10 games doesn't hit anything at all and then goes off for another 30 40 points you're going what the, the? yeah yeah so yeah all right kevin can you explain your jersey cuz i one jess and i love it because it's Cole Brandon from Hawaii, but like just a simple fact, you have a Hawaii football shirt. So you guys know I have been, I, you guys know I'm an avid Jersey collector. I like to I find know. things that are different. Um, my sister was in Hawaii with, uh, she was in there, there for work. Uh, shout out to Harbors Vintage. If anybody's on the Island of Oahu and likes to shop vintage, this is the place to go. Um, and I told my sister, hey, do they have anything University of Hawaii or any vintage Nike? She sent me some different photos. Then the last picture she sent me was this jersey. And I go, just stop what you're doing. I'm going to just get that one. Just tell me how much it is. I'll send you the money. And then now I got it. And it's like, it's, so this is like an extra large. 
But also remember, this is like also from like the early 2000s. So like this is technically feeling like a three X, but because I'm so round and <laughs> rotund, it just like fits perfectly. So I'm just happy that it fits. I'm rocking it out. And yeah. So another every, jersey in the book. Every week you come up with a different like adjective to describe yourself. <laughs> every week for 60 weeks. There's a new hatch. Well, which one's your favorite? Then I'll stay with that one. I think Rowdy Rowdy has been my favorite so far. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think though, I think though, you've got to cut out the cigarettes if you want to keep that body. Yeah, and keep that jersey fitting right. You know, seriously. Yeah, I, struggle. I agree with Jess on that one, dude. Cut those cigarettes out. You know. That's all I'm you got to do. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Merrick, so you're supposed to have a hat on, but you said you have something else better. Yes. I think I see it. I'm very excited. So, yes, I always have a hat on. This week, though, my hockey jersey finally came in after ordering it about a month ago. Um, As everyone has heard, Kevin and I are going to an Islanders game in a few months. So I went with the NHL throwbacks that they did this year, and I got me an Islanders jersey with the fisherman. I do like that a lot. That's super cool. Nice. So I want to huge shout out to this guy I follow on Instagram, uh, Sports Stitches by Ben. If you want, follow him. He's fantastic. This jersey was these jerseys retail at like two hundred something bucks. I spent yeah. all in total one hundred seventy. And that included shipping it down to me. So fantastic jerseys. I can send it back to him and put my name on it if I want, or put another a player's name on it and put a number for a little bit more. But I I love it. I got it today and I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Here's my Christmas gift to myself. <laughs> there you go. Now let me ask you, because I've never actually bought a hockey jersey before. Mm-hmm. So what would you recommend like sizing wise? So this is an extra large on me, and I probably could have gone with a 2XL just to be, you know, we're going to be a game. You're going to want to put a sweatshirt on underneath it. So it might be a little tight when we go, but I would say for yourself, an XL most likely. All right. I'll remember that because I'll I'll need to make sure I uh, get me one of these jerseys so I could, you know, fit in with this uh, Long Island crowd, because even though I'm a Rangers fan, you know, wearing <laughs> an Islanders jerseys, you know, and, I, and I love the fishermen, so I, I I can't even, like, hate on it. I know. Worst like, case, worst case, Kevin, rock the Colt Brennan jersey. No one will, no yes. one will ask any questions. Or just I wear a Knicks jersey and be like, I have no idea what sport <laughs> I'm watching. Like, I'll be like, it's blue and orange, like your colors. So, like, there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. That'll be great. Um how bad did you do in fantasy? Uh oh man, it was gonna be bad, but I got saved by one fantasy team. So I went one and two. Same here. Uh I'm I'm right now battling for the final playoff spot in one league. I am the second overall seed in another, and then my third league. I'm like it's it's a battle because it's a six team. 16 league i just need to like not lose my last two games or else i'm going to be in trouble but of course the schedule has it that i'm playing the top two teams for the last two games and 
I am getting closer to the bottom of the bracket. So, yeah, it's rough. And I'm, I, injuries are not helping. You know, Cooper Cup went down. So he was the star of my team. And it is going to be a struggle. But uh, fantasy basketball is on. Uh, I just had a trade rejected five minutes ago. Tried to get Marcus Smart. I offered RJ Barrett because they asked for RJ Barrett in another trade. He, for whatever reason, declined it. But uh, well, I wouldn't know, trade RJ Barrett for Marcus Smart either. That's a very I mean, bad trade. Who, who wants RJ Barrett on their team? I mean, he wanted RJ Barrett, and he was only going to give me like two randos off the bench. So I'm like, yo, if we're going to do a trade, like, give me something worth of value. Give me Marcus Smart. And he said, F you, no. So I was like, all right. Was this your cousin? It's my cousin's league. It's just one well, of his random friends. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if your cousin's saying that to you, then we'll have a talking to him. But Yeah, well, Noel, Noel is actually like 0-4 right now, so he can't even uh, can't even, can't even, even talk. Shout out to my cousin Noel, the expert uh, sports gamer. Oh, boy. All right. Everybody, we've been talking enough. We've been going through a lot of fun stuff. Now let's actually get to the guest of the show. Yes. An hour later. <laughs> wow we talk too much but <laughs> jess welcome let's have some fun yes i'm yeah, ready I'm so jess i'm gonna take this question i took it from when we had my cousin noel on sports with a question mark where did the passion for sports start who inspired you who are your favorite teams and athletes so loaded so, question. Yeah, that is. That is. Um, so sports, like neither one of my parents are super competitive at all. Like, honestly, probably the opposite of competitive. <laughs> and um, but they they like any kid, like they got me playing youth sports at a pretty young age. Like I was probably five or six playing soccer for the first time, that kind of a thing. Was super like super shy and quiet kid, but then they, I mean, they literally had to pull me out of the car for a first soccer practice. That's a story that they love to tell. But from that moment on, like, I don't know what clicked for me, but that's, I loved sports from that moment on. And I knew, like, knew forever that's, like, what I wanted to work in somehow. I didn't know what exactly that would look like or or what the path would be at all. But I knew, like, from very early on, like, I, I love sports. Not good enough to be a collegiate or a pro athlete by any means in any sport, but I knew that somehow I wanted to be around it. And um, yeah, so I think like just very early on playing sports, it, it was an outlet for me, let me actually be competitive. And um, and I, I just kind of grew to love sports through that. So fan wise, I mean, like, like I, I got into basketball pretty early on. Like the, I, I remember distinctly the 2002 Maryland, uh, national champions the, the men's basketball team at maryland like that that i was probably 12 years old and like from that moment on i've been locked in on march madness every single year since like that's that's what uh that's probably my favorite sport i would say is college basketball um from the fan perspective and so that that maryland team i think that was one that really really stuck out to me um paid attention to west virginia before i went there a little bit but not a whole lot but then obviously now i mean that's 
that is the team I, I root for. Um, and then I grew up in Maryland, so Ravens, Orioles, you know, those are those are my teams. I, I thoroughly enjoy that. And I told you earlier, my wife has kind of kind of sucked me into the Mavericks now, too. But <laughs> um, but yeah, college basketball is my favorite. I think by far March Madness is the those first four days I I take off of work like that whole, you know, those those, those whole days so that I, I can just sit on my couch and watch every single game. And and the greatest thing they ever did was was put every game on TV, in yes. my opinion. I, I, you know, I remember watching as a kid where you could only watch one game at a time. And now now being able to see everything is is awesome. So I'm pretty yeah, sure that's my computer has split screen and my TV here has something on. And then my downstairs TV has something on. And my wife's like, this is too much basketball. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. I can no, have more not. on if I really wanted to. And she's like, oh, God. I think huh? I just remember there was one day I was just off from work. So and I had the house to myself. So I literally just decided, screw it. I'm going to turn on every TV and have a different game on. And I literally did exactly what you did, Merritt. And did that same exact thing. It's awesome. Um, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah, my our setup, our setup is, and thank goodness my wife loves basketball. Like she's as big a fan as I am, if if not bigger. So our setup, we do two TVs in the living room, and then we do a projector on the wall. So we we literally, you can watch everything at once. It's, I. I've sent my wife so many of those videos of like the p- people that have the numerous TVs on their wall, and I go, yeah. Can we do this in our next house? And she goes, for what? I'm like, sports and the the funness of it. And she goes, no. I go, what if it's in the basement in a man cave? She's like, okay, maybe. I'm like, I got a maybe. I'm going to take it and rock You're in. You're in. in. (laughs) She's going to come home one day and there's going to be TVs all over. And she's going to be like, what did I just do? (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh i love it Merritt. you're gonna make fun of me because i'm gonna go off script for two seconds oh geez so, you going off script that never happens <laughs> i know so jess i know that you taken some sport management classes Merritt and i are both sport management majors as you know so yep. we gotta ask everybody give us your favorite doc jones moments oh, oh man so so bad. i I did um I did the sport and exercise psychology major because I got in-state tuition. And I tried multiple times with my dad to convince him to let me switch over to sports management. <laughs> and uh he's like, no, you're gonna get get the in-state tuition degree and then whatever you do after that is great. But um, so yeah, I only got I wanna say I only got maybe two doc classes under my belt. And I think I think both of you may have been in the one that I had. It may have been one, honestly, but I, you know, I, I didn't get a ton of experience with him, but I do, I do recall like our, our business plan that we had to put together, you know, that major project. I, I just remember like, and, and I didn't know everybody in the class all that well at all. You guys, you guys all know each other. I was kind of an oh, outsider, but I do, I do. Do recall somebody like multiple groups just getting torn to shreds in front of the entire class, and I yeah. I will never forget that. I, I was kind of like, where the what the hell am I doing here? Like they he was he was intense, man. 
He was intense. Classic moment. There's gonna be a man. I feel like I'm there's dying. gonna be I'm dying. I'm dying. What happened? That's, Why are you dying? that's just because I remember that shit from Doc. Yeah. Ripping Ev <laughs> and it was the big group project and ripping us apart. I, I don't think anyone yeah. walked out of that classroom happy. I just think we all left and said, fuck it. Excuse me. Excuse me. Andrew, just yeah. bleep that out. Um, <laughs> and went to the bar or went back to our apartments and just drank heavily for a, the rest of the day. Oh, my God. You know yeah. yeah. He he definitely he definitely was preparing us for the real world, though. We didn't know it, but he was. <laughs> yeah, that's what we talked about last time with uh, with Lauren. Yeah, he definitely prepared us better than any other professor we had. Yes, that yeah, is. I wish I wish I would have gotten more classes with him, but and and more in general in the sports management side of things. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that one a lot. The one the one that I had with him. Nice, nice. So my next question that I have is, um, so you are the recreation superintendent at Wacomago County. How did you get involved in recreation? So. It it it's kind of a long story, but oddly enough, my mom has been a rec and parks director for 35 years. She actually retires next month. So oh, it's kind of her. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like been my entire life. And I didn't I didn't realize what was going on as I grew up through it. But like from from an early age, I was helping at festivals, helping at races, helping at events, whatever. Just like that's that's how I spent time with my mom. So, you know, that was um, kind of growing up and seeing that I didn't realize that's what I would end up doing. But a defining moment for me was um, coming out of school. So I had tried to get into the sports management master's program. Um, did, didn't come close to getting in. But, but I remember uh, setting up a meeting with, with Dr. Branch just to see like, hey, give me give me some feedback on the interview. Like what? what kind of recommendations could you give me of a path for me? And I remember him literally saying like, have you ever considered recreation and parks? And I just looked at him like, no, that's what my mom does. <laughs> that's not, <laughs> not at all what I think I want to do. Like, and I, I think, cause I grew up in a super rural area, you know, didn't, um, rec and parks basically was, Oh, here's a youth soccer program. Here's a, here's a festival. Here's a race, like just small stuff. Like we, we didn't, grew up in a super big area. So I didn't realize what it really could be when you are in a space where there's a lot more resources and, and a lot more amenities. So I ended up um, taking an internship it was really, really my only like practical option. I felt like out of school was taking an internship. Um, and, and here in our area, recreation and parks, uh, tourism department, and then we have a 5,000 seat civic center. It's all all one department here, which is kind of unique and rare, but I got to take an internship, a sports marketing internship. So basically was trying to get people to stay overnight through hosting sports events, through running your own sports events, that kind of a thing. So it, um, it gave me, it gave me a path into sports management that I, I kind of wanted, but it was, it was under the recreation and parks umbrella. So long story short, I, um, the internship started the day after I started the tourism director fell and broke her hip and had to retire. And then two weeks after I started the sports marketing rep, the full-time person 
left for a job um, over near Baltimore. And so all of a sudden they're like, well, hey, kid, you got to help us out here. And I automatically got to do the job just because there was no one else to do it. And turns wow. out I was OK. at it. And, uh, and so I just I mean, I just, you know, like any internship, you take what you can get and do do what they ask of you. And and it turns out I hit the lottery as far as having a boss like I I my boss for my internship is actually our director of our department today. He's my, my immediate supervisor now, like probably top five human being I've ever met. So that's really one of the, honestly, the main reasons I've stayed because I feel like I hit the lottery there. I've learned an insane amount from him, just how to be, how to be a professional, you know, how to, how to really, you know, have character and integrity. And, and obviously I got, got to learn from my mom over time, but, but he's been really a standout person for me that it's like, you find somebody that you can have as a mentor really learn from. And, um, you know, so that's, that's kind of what happened. So I did that, um, for about five years, I was in the, the sports tourism side of things. And so I got to travel all over the place. I got to, you know, work on, work on our own events. Um, one, I'm, I know we'll talk about the governor's challenge. That's one that's kind of become my baby over time, but, um, you know, running our own events, but then hosting big events. So like we host, we've got a, a sports complex. We host a, a three week long uh, national softball tournament every summer. It's like 400 teams from all around the country that come in we got youth baseball uh, world series. We've got anything like, literally any sport you can think of like i got the mid-atlantic uh quidditch regional event <laughs> like five years ago that was the thing that was happening at one point like there's wow. anything you can think of there is there are people spending money on it for their kids now to go play somewhere so it's actually it really was eye-opening to me it, it was something and i didn't have enough sports management classes i don't know if you guys ever talked about sports tourism but it was nothing i had ever heard about until just being thrust into it and it turned out it was the perfect role for me. Like I, I absolutely loved it and and loved the industry. But there's, it's it's now it's something like something like fourteen billion dollars a year that parents spend on on youth travel sports. Wow! So like wow, it's a massive business. And anywhere you look, there's there are, you know, local municipalities or counties or states that are investing millions and billions of dollars in these like mega sports complexes and so there's, there's like four of four baseball facilities all within a 10 minute drive of my house here in new york yeah and yeah. they're one of them is building a new like clubhouse type deal i think for like parks and rec directors and stuff to work there but yeah. also for games and stuff. i'm like yeah for a place that loves That's... lacrosse they got a lot of damn baseball fields yeah yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular, honestly. Like, and it's weird. Like when we were growing up as kids, I would say the breakdown was like eighty percent of kids played local recreational sports. It's like you you got into sports through that. Like you played local, rec and then there was like twenty percent that were like your elite kids, the really good ones that that are playing travel sports, or or the really rich kids that are playing travel sports. Now it's flipped totally. It is eighty percent of people are playing travel sports. 20% are playing recreational sports. Like people, I mean, you see the over-specialization of kids, all that going on like everywhere. But I mean, you've got kids that are literally playing and parents that are spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars every weekend. They're spending money on hotels and eating out and gas and they're going all yeah. over the country. 
Um, I guess I never and the thought thing of it is, that way. The, the, it's a huge, it's a huge business. And so for us, we get a, we get a hotel room tax every time somebody stays in one of our hotel rooms. So the more that we invest in, in driving that traffic. And if you've ever been to where I am from, it is very rural. Like we've got ocean city, Maryland, 30 minutes from us, but like nobody just comes to Salisbury, Maryland, just to come for, for tourism. Like you got to get them here. So it, um, for us, that's the only way we could, we found that was our best, our best kind of business model to get people here. And so that, that took a lot of different, um, it, it looked like a million different things, but I mean, I, we've, we've had some pretty awesome events in the area and we've built some really cool relationships and I've gotten to gotten to travel and build some pretty cool relationships with event organizers from all over the place um, that are doing some really, really cool stuff. So it's huge business. Um, and, and so that's, that's kind of how I started in the department. And then about five years in um, our recreation department, the, the rec superintendent. So we've got four different divisions. We've got recreation parks, civic center and then our tourism division. So I was the assistant manager in tourism, like I think like a year out of school. Like I, I, it was a little over a year. It was like a year and a half. Again, as soon as I got into the sports marketing position full time, the, uh, the assistant tourism manager moved on. I got to jump into that role because I, I mean, I, I was kind of getting it in, in the sports, you know, area. So Anyway, about five years in, and then all of a sudden, this position opens. My my um, direct supervisor, that was my my internship supervisor, is the director of our department at that point, and he had always challenged me, you know, get outside of your comfort zone and and continue to grow. For me, I'm I'm thinking like I love sports. This is what I want to do. Is I I love this side of it. Um, and I told him that, like he. He didn't say the job's yours. He said, you will, you can interview for the job, but I want you to interview for the job. I, I want you to go for it. And I told him no the first time. I was like, this isn't what I want to do. I, I want to say, like, I love what I'm getting to do here. And he, he had lunch with me and said, I know you love what you're getting to do here, but you, you really need to consider going for this. It's going to stretch you. It's going to, it's going to help you grow as a leader, all that good stuff. And so I went for it thinking I'll just do the interview. <laughs> and, and then once they offered it, I was like, well, I can't say no to the guy. I was like, yes, I'll do it. And, um, and then from there, the last five years, I've gotten to lead a team that, and, and my, my perspective has changed drastically over time too. Like having kids now as well, um, getting into the local community, the local recreational space is is pretty valuable and important. So I, the last five years I've led a team. We've got five different full-time staff members on my team, but we handle anything from um, our local sports complex, which is where we host all these big events. So we're the facility manager for that. Um, a park system of, of over 30 different facilities. So anything from, you know, one or two, one or two soccer fields at a place to, you know, our, our big major facilities, um, all of our, childcare programming. So after school programs at like 10, 10 different schools, summer camps, um, whether it be sports or nature, whatever, environmental ed, outdoor recreation, adult sports, youth sports, like there's, there's a huge variety. I can't even, I can't even tell you how many different things I'm working on in a given day. And, and, and I, usually I come home and my brain is fried because it's, but I love that. I, and 
I've been in the department now for about 10 years and I have, I can honestly say I've never had a day that I have looked at the clock once. It's like all of a sudden the day, <laughs> the day is over because it's just been, it's been, you're juggling so much and there's so many different, different things to keep afloat. But, um, you know, one of the things that, that helped convince me to take that recreational job was that I got to hang on to doing the governor's challenge and stick with that because that was one that that's, that's what I absolutely love to do that I found is, is event management. Um, that's what my passion is. That's what really energizes me. And when you get to do that in high school basketball, like there's, there's a lot of, um, it, it's almost like you're working on a college basketball event, honestly, the way that we've set it up and built it now, but that's, that's so much fun to me. All right. So let's talk about that because you literally just mentioned it. It is happening. What starts tomorrow, I believe. December be... 26th okay. to the 30th. So yep. Yeah, we'll be uh we'll be if it was tomorrow, I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. <laughs> You'd be like, Yeah, no, I don't I'm 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 good. Bye. Um no, but walk no, us through I, walk us through the governor's challenge yeah. for those that have no idea what it is, kind of give the yep. the layman's terms of what it is. Yeah, so now uh, we've built it up to be the largest holiday high school basketball tournament in the country. So we have had as many as 130 teams before, but it's all all high school basketball. So you think about like your typical, you know, holiday high school basketball tournament. It's like a a local four team event kind of a thing. You, you get, you know, four local schools playing whatever. Um, we kind of took the model and and this was when I was back in the tourism division was we got to get people staying here. So let's blow this thing up. We've got some awesome facilities, our civic center, um, some local universities that partner with us. And then for whatever reason in Salisbury, I mean, our population's not crazy, but we have three high schools within like two miles of each other for some reason. So we have the facilities to make this, this event take off, but it's, it's the largest in the country. We get anywhere from our, our local schools. I'll say we have anywhere from like, not great high school basketball up to the best level of high school basketball. So we um, we've got a hundred, uh, well over a hundred teams. We have 110 this year um, from 12 different States. So coming as far away as Canada, uh, Arizona and Florida are the furthest three schools coming this year, um, but all up and down the East coast. So, and, and that's kind of the unique thing. If you look at high school basketball recruiting, like some of the hotbeds, you're looking at the DMV area, you're looking at Philly, you're looking at New York City, New Jersey, like we're we're within a, a short drive of all those locations. And so that's what's really cool about it is seeing all those styles of play come together. And um, it's really a platform for the high school athlete to get noticed, get recruited. Um, but the the really cool thing about it to me is that we're able to we're able to create an impact on our area. But at the same time, like my goal with the event is to have the best experience for the athlete in high school basketball. Like we want them to like come into the governor's challenge more than them going to win a state championship. And that's we've kind of our goal has always been to build the final four of of high school basketball as far as the experience um, and and what they get from the moment they walk in. We try to make them feel like they're at the final four and and that they are, you know, it, it's going to be the biggest event of their life. So many of them, it, it ends up being the biggest event. I mean, you know, the stats on how many go to play in college. Um, we'll have over 2000 high school basketball players here for that five day window. Um, so a good chunk of them, this is going to be the highlight of their whole athletic career. Damn. 
that is that is that's nuts. Holy, that's Jess, a lot of, I, lot of players. Jess, I was reading up on the governor's challenge. You guys are in your 40th anniversary, and in your media conference the other day, you mentioned that this is the third time you're trying to celebrate <laughs> the 40th. So I did hear yeah. that. That was great. Can you? It's been, like, wait, it's wait, our third. Happened? It's our third annual 40th anniversary, is what we're calling it. But <laughs> we, COVID, COVID has has killed us. So 2020, um, I tried to do it. Ended up. Ended up by about December 8th, where the health department would not let me, even though I kept trying. <laughs> they, they told me no. Um, and so I pushed, I pursued everything I possibly could. But it was at least December 8th. Like I got over myself by Christmas. It was like, okay, it's one year. It is what it is. Last year was absolutely brutal. We planned the whole event. And I mean, the whole event. And I spend, I mean, literally by, I, by January 2nd, after the event, I'm planning and jumping into the following year. Like it's a year long process to to build it up to what it has been. And I've got an amazing team that we've built around that. I mean, we've got some awesome, awesome people with me that, that do an amazing job, but it takes us all year. And so last year we cancel. Okay. We get over it. We'll be good for 2021. And we set up the entire arena. We set up all of our, our all four of our facilities were set up. Our whole event was staffed. Tickets were, tickets are sold. Like, it's happening. It's Christmas Eve, from December seventeenth. So, like a week out of the event, there's 120 teams. I lost 78 teams in five days due to COVID. So whether the school system shut down, oh. whether the team got COVID, like. It was insanity. Like I've never, the amount of time you spend on it and then the world just crashes in on top of it. And it's like, it's totally out of our control, but it was nuts. So I literally had to cancel the event a day and a half out last year on Christmas Eve. Um, it was absolutely brutal. And and our, our whole family had the stomach flu at the same time. So oh, we were, no. like, I don't know if I was sick from the stomach flu or if it was stress induced or what it was, but I was, I was miserable last Christmas. Oh you know, god, it, it was it was that, brutal. So that Delta variant just beat the hell out of everybody. Yeah, and I mean, like coaches were asking me like two weeks out, like, is this still going to happen? Like, COVID's coming back around. Like, the president is going to have to tell us it's not happening because I don't like. I'm going. We're going to do it no matter what. And I didn't take into account that I had zero control over school systems at all, and uh, they they decided. And it got to the point where like we we maybe could have done it, but like I've got a team coming from Georgia and I don't know if they have an opponent when they get here. I can't do that. Like it, it, right. it totally ruins the experience. It's not what the governor's challenge is. And so we had to make the the really tough choice. Um, I, I basically told my boss, there is no way we can do this, but I cannot be the one to say that it's canceled. You got to tell me to cancel it because I can't. I, I've put too much in. I I am there's no way I can do it. I can't cancel it. So we ended up canceling it and um it it sucks. So it has been 1065 days since the last event. And I've probably thought about it 10,000 times. Like I it's it's become my hobby more than anything. Like that that is my hobby is to work on this event now. Um I I honestly don't even spend all that much time on it in the office. Like it's it's 
it's so much fun to me. It is not, it's not work at all. It's a lot of fun. That's what I'm passionate about. So yeah, it's been three, three times we've tried to do the 48th anniversary. So finally we're going to get it in this year. Third time's a charm, right? Yeah, exactly. It's gotta be. I, if it, if it doesn't happen, be. we're just going to see Jess just be like, I'm done. Nope. Not no more 40th. <laughs> We're on to the 44th yeah. year already. It Bye. might be it. It might be it if it if it doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, so man. go ahead, Merritt, because I've been talking a lot. All right. So I'm gonna skip to my question that I wrote. Um all right, go ahead. Because I, I find this one interesting. So you mentioned during the you know media day yesterday, Jess, that you guys are now working with uh Moolah Kicks. So yeah. Can you explain how you guys are going to expand the women's side of the governor's challenge and what that means to, to you personally about how this is going to work? Yeah. So one of the many things I get to do at this event is, is try to sell sponsorships, build partnerships, that kind of a thing. That's something like I'm not a salesman, but it's easy because I love this event. And, you know, I, I kind of saw them coming up and and saw what was happening. One of our our staff that leads, she's our creative director, leads all of our marketing. She played college basketball. She had mentioned Moolah to me at some point whenever they first came about. She's super into the women's game and and has taught me a lot, honestly, on, on my end. So we, I just reached out to them. <laughs> like it was a cold email. <laughs> there's there's no reason they had to they had to answer it. I can't tell you how many cold emails I've sent out that no one's ever answered. You just keep firing away until somebody does. And um, they did. And basically, you know, like I, I kind of sold them on here's what the event is. Um, and I started I started the girl side of the event in 2014, I think 2014 or 15. And we just started with four teams like and tried to get the best four teams we could. And mm -hmm. it's grown from there. We have over 20 now. Um, but honestly, I feel like we could have over a hundred girls teams if we, if we could fit them. So to me, like it, it, my perspective has changed drastically in the last three years. I have two daughters now. So, um, you know, that's, that's something that's personally important to me. I mean, I, I love men's basketball, but hopefully if they decide they want to play, I'm going to love women's basketball too. So, um, not that they're going to get pushed in that direction, but they're certainly going to be around a lot of basketball, but, um, you know, I think, with moolah we they are like they're the first women's basketball shoe that's mm -hmm. that's out there so they they've designed a shoe that is literally built for the women's foot you heard all the stats before on on the difference in injuries and that kind of thing and in women's demands and a lot of that is they've been wearing the men's shoe forever so it's not built for their their bodies and so what moolah is doing i mean they're they're kind of changing the game like mark cuban's an investor they've got some big names like investing in them and I think they're going to blow up. And so I, I really wanted to connect with them and, and bring them in to help us help us shape what the governor's challenge looks like. What do you want women's and, and girls basketball to look like? Um, and then I know I can build that. I, I, that's what I feel like I'm really good at is, is being able to build an experience. And so, you know, getting in with them at the ground level before they've become huge is important. And I think it's, it's something that, you know, they're, they're our presenting sponsor of the girls' side of the event. So they they are doing a cash sponsorship to the event. But more importantly to me, it's that partnership and, and kind of long-term commitment to, okay, 
this is what the girls side of the event is this year. It's, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but I think it could be, it could be better. And that's, that's the goal of them is to kind of take it to the next level and, and really involve them in the planning process and building something pretty cool. The, the same, the, the same thing holds true. We want to build the best experience in high school basketball, men's or women's. Um, but a lot of time, the girls side, you're, you're seeing there, there's been a lot of progress recently, but I think, you know, that, that's something I want to be a part of and help to to grow. So in, you know, 12 or 13 years, if I have a, a high school basketball player in my house, they've got got a place to play. Love I it. love it. Uh, so, Jess. And then and then Uncle Kevin's going to deck him out in some six shoes. Yes. 100%. No, you got moolah. You got moolah. You're good. That's, that's right. Oh, wow. My kids forgot. only my kids only wear my kids only wear Uncle Kevin's shoes so far in their life. Like that's fantastic. That is because that is, everyone knows like the fact that like like just you have kids, uh your sister-in-law Mazin has two boys. So like I mean for me being able to treat them to some awesome cakes is super incredibly important to me because let's just be real for a second guys i'm not having any kids anytime soon so the fact that i get to go ahead and breaking, breaking, news. <laughs> breaking news everybody tevin so, is not gonna have any kids anytime soon so Back you know you, just, and zach wilson just, and zach wilson is no longer on the jets yes exactly <laughs> i know so doing that is honestly like one of like my favorite things to do um but so another thing is uh Merritt mentioned from your media call, media conference, Mula Kicks. One of the things you mentioned that um the talent coming in this year is five times better than what you've ever had. Can you uh yeah. what teams are you excited to like see come out uh to Maryland this year for the for the governor's challenge? Yeah. So one, like we've been building the event for a long time and we've been right on the cusp. We've had some, I mean, we've got former NBA players from the event, but like these are, these are top nationally ranked programs now. So um, DeMatha um, is one. So that's the most recognizable high school basketball program probably in the history, but they were actually at the very first governor's challenge in 1981. Um, we have a legendary coach locally that set it up that had coached the Morgan Wooten's basketball camps and that kind of a thing. And he got him down here. So that's, that's really cool to me because that coach is still coaching in his 58th year this year. Wow. Um, the founder of the event, he's an absolute legend here. And so it's cool. It's that's really cool to me, like getting to bring them back for him to see and, and get to be in the same arena again. So DeMath has won. They've been like, they're not nationally ranked yet. Somehow they were down or they were ahead on Sierra Canyon with Bronny James by one point before a uh some kind of fight in the crowd broke out and they had to end the game but they were up on them they beat Roselle Catholic from New Jersey who was number one in the country already they're they're going to be top 25 top 10 in the country honestly I think in high school this year but so the math is one IMG Academy is another one so you you know them but they've got you've probably seen him on the internet already but he's seven foot six um he's actually the world's tallest teenager he's in the guinness book of world records so he's gonna be here his name's olivier rue he's from canada but playing for img probably gonna end up at purdue if anything <laughs> works out the way we know but he's he's 
If you take that as a comparison, Zach Eady's seven four. He's two inches taller than Zach Eady, and he's still growing. He's probably going to be seven seven by this time next month. <laughs> like he's oh my he's God. massive. So he doesn't have to jump to dunk it. Like it's crazy. So IMG is another one. Um, we've got a bunch of really good New Jersey schools, Kevin. So the Patrick School where Kyrie went. Um, we've got Bergen Catholic. They've got a top five freshman in the country. St. Benedict's is another one that's that's always a powerhouse. Um, and then we've got we've got a ton we've got a ton of defending state champions like Elizabeth from New Jersey. There's a Virginia State champion, a Florida State champion. So there's there's a lot of top talent um, that's that's going to be at the event this year, like way more than we've ever had. And I, I'm I'm super excited for it. Yeah, like when I because when I told Merritt the list, I, I sent them the Governor's Challenge email uh, and Instagram, and we looked through the list. We're just like, oh my god, this is just name after name after name, and it's like, oh my god, it's it's the best of the best. If you're looking for the best in basketball you know, on the East Coast, like that is some of the best, mm-hmm. most recognizable names, and the fact that you got them coming to your tournament is. That is super, super incredible. Oh, it definitely, I mean, it definitely speaks to the experience for sure. Cause like I said, like people aren't just traveling to Salisbury for no reason. Like there's gotta be a reason for them to come here. And and I think the experience that we've built up, the cool thing about the town is it's not, it's not too big that the event gets lost. Like it is the only thing happening in town for this week, mm. but it's also big enough that it can support it to the level that it, that it is. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a really cool experience. And the atmosphere is like, I've, I try to explain it to people, but until you physically walk in the gym, like there's, there's nothing else like it in my opinion. I guess next year we're going to have to go. Kevin is what I'm yeah. getting yeah. At here. I think he's telling us. I we think, need to go. I think there's a live, a live podcast in the future from, from oh. courtside. I mean, hey, I mean, I, I won't if we say can no. work it out, merit, merit. We will, we will work details because I would a hundred percent love to experience this. I know, like you guys talk about it when with you guys, and I'm just like, I need to experience this right, like at, right after Christmas. So, yeah, we're, we will you talk the, the details. You got the official invite, so we'll and be actually, there. Kevin, it is merit. Kevin, I was thinking about this. Um, like we went, I can't remember what year it was, but we went to the Coliseum to a high school tournament. It was like Oak Hill and yes, they I remember did. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Noah Cottrell was there with Logan before he came to West Virginia, and like I can't remember who else was there, but that was like my first taste of like high level high school basketball. Yeah, um, because I, I have the pictures, it was like. Yeah. Noah Cottrell, and then they played against some team in California. Then the game after was um, Oak, uh, it was Oak Hill Academy versus another team in Florida. And I'm trying yeah. to forget, trying to remember who the other team was. Because I know that Oak Hill team, because I looked back at the pictures the other day, that Oak Hill team had uh, Jawan Staten on it. So, oh, that's right. Jesus. So, yeah. That's right. So I was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. And there was another yeah. big team, but I forgot. Oh, Rice High School from New oh, York yeah. City was in New that York. one yep. too. Yep. So that was yeah, that was so much fun. I remember that. That was a good tournament because I remember 
we were like, we might as well just go because it's like free for us yeah. students. And yeah, like they had it right there in the Coliseum because they did it right after. So I think the men's played at noon, the ladies played at like four, and then the rest of the night was the tournament. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Yes. That was really cool. Ooh, one thing I have. So Jess, you how have you been the director for how long of the governor's uh challenge? Um this will be 2012 was the first year I did it. So literally the year that we that I graduated. Um, again, similar situation. No one to run the event. <laughs> Don't screw it up. <laughs> and here you go. And at that point, it was uh, it was a 30 team event. It was mostly local local <laughs> schools. And um, yeah, just just fell in love with it from there and, and really built it up with a with a lot of people. What has who has been like? When you think back from the years that you've ran it, who has been your favorite team that you've been able to watch? Favorite team? I, like, it's hard for me to say favorite team that I've been able to watch. I have some favorite coaches. Go ahead. That, that's, that's, that, have been, that have been kind of legendary. But then there's some favorite favorite moments and favorite players that are a little bit kind of fun, like behind the scenes stuff. So, you know, Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. Um, I take... I take full credit for Obi Toppin winning the NBA slam dunk contest. <laughs> he, so I, here's the story. I walk into a locker room or I walk into our storage. We get a bunch of donations from like Gatorade and stuff. I walk into our storage room. I'm grabbing some drinks for a team. And Obi Toppin is in my storage room trying to steal a case of Gatorade. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell are you doing, man? And, and so he, like their team, it was Mount Zion prep. They were literally like ripping down our backboards and warmups. Like they were absolute monsters slam dunking. Coming to find out he didn't start dunking until that year. When you go back and look at it, like that was his post-grad year of high school. He didn't start dunking until that year. And so in the thing, like I had seen him in warmups and he hadn't like his coach hadn't put him into the dunk contest. And I was like, listen, like, and there's, there's so much stupid stuff like this that happens at these. But I, I was like, listen, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'll give you that case of Gatorade, but you have to do the dunk contest tonight. Like, you have to do it. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. So one of my favorite hobbies has become, like, picking a dunker and then coaching them through the dunk contest. So <laughs> he, he didn't even win our dunk contest. He came in second. But that was the first dunk contest he ever did. I'm coaching him up. I'm telling him, all right, send your teammate up into the upper deck. He's going to throw the ball down. You're going to run from half court. Like try to try to dunk it. It was, it was so much fun, but he, so then now like he's winning the NBA dunk contest. I take 100% credit for that. It's like, obviously he jumps out of the gym, but like he, he did not, he didn't even know, you know, what he was doing at that point, but it's, that's one that's been a lot of fun um bones highland that's on the nuggets now he's from mm-hmm. delaware originally so like he was relatively known in this area but he blew up at the governor's challenge like he scored his 1000th point here he like his college offers have come from here like he i mean he plays on an awesome aau program with we are one out of delaware but vcu really discovered him at the event um and then obviously he's he's doing great things in the nba now but he he was one that he loved to talk 
on the court, like talk trash to the other team. And so he ended up getting two techs and ejected out of the one game. He scored 40 points, gets oh. ejected, gets ejected. I mean, the crowd, like it's the, the most fun I've seen the crowd ever have at the event was when he was playing outside of the dunk contest. When he's playing, the refs come to me and they're like, he can't play tomorrow. He's been ejected. That's the rule in Delaware. I'm like, well, we're in Maryland. So that's, it's not the rule. <laughs> and, and they're like, you need to go talk to him then and, and explain what's going on. You need to have a conversation. with. So I go into the locker room with bones and his mom and like the lead official. And oh, I'm like, bones there, there is, they don't want me to let you play tomorrow because you're acting crazy on the court. Like, People are paying to come watch you play. So I need you to be on the court. Like, I need you to apologize to this official. And it, it, he just got caught up in the game. Like, he's a great dude. He is a great dude. He just got caught up in the game. And he and his mom both apologize. And I'm like, he's playing tomorrow. Let him play tomorrow. He ends up he ends up going nuts again. But, like, he's he's an absolute legend from our event. But he – he um that was another one that was just, like, there's some really – weird surreal moments looking back at it now of, of goofy stuff that's happened but those are probably a couple favorites i think that's amazing Mayor, you have anything else because i feel like a story I, like that i don't th- i don't think you can top that right i don't there. think so i think that's how you you end that part like that's a fantastic story i can't wait for people to listen to that part i'm gonna just tell people fast forward like an hour and a half <laughs> and, and then stop and then listen <laughs> yes so i guess yeah well this this is a lot of fun guys yeah you know jess honestly you know thank you for being on and rocking out with us um Anytime. you know like like the governor's challenge anybody if you're listening or you're watching on our youtube if you are anywhere by the eastern shore of maryland close to salisbury or you need something to do the week of Christmas, let's be real. You got kids, you're off, so you should be around. If you need something to do, hit up the Governor's Challenge. Uh, you're going to see, if you're a fan of basketball, you're going to see a lot of great teams this year. Uh, I'm excited to see the highlights. I saw on Instagram that they have the little feed and we can watch them. I'm going to have to check some of them out when I get the chance. Um, but, Merritt, what else do we have left on the pod? The final plans for Sunday. Oh yes, that's literally so Jess, it. Me and Merritt are seeing the Nets versus Celtics because he's a huge Celtics fan, and right. you know it's a Sunday, so we're gonna go to Brooklyn. We're gonna do a tour. We're gonna do a segment. Or we're out here, our second portion of our podcast. So Merritt, what time? Still are you... waiting to go up. I don't even know where my part is going up yet. Yes, Merritt, where? Do you, where shall what shall I where shall I meet you? What well, time do you want to meet up? It's up to you because like I just have to get on the train and basically just go straight to the city. Um, but the question is, Kevin, what are we doing pr- prior to this game? Because <laughs> the game's at six thirty. Well, though I guess it would it also depend on where we're gonna go and what time we arrive in the city. Are so, like if. Are we thinking to hit up like the NBA store in Nike Town? I would assume that's probably on the list. Okay. So if anything, you would think, say we get to the city the latest by one, then we gotta get to those places, and then you'll probably think we'll pre in those places for like two three hours, and by that time it's gonna be like four o'clock. So you gotta make your way to Atlantic Ave, 
That'll be at least another hour. Get there by like hours or so, hour off. and a half before before like tip. And get we get something food. to probably eat. And then, you know, I get to watch you boo the hell out of Kyrie Irving, which is gonna oh be Oh my god, exciting. I'm so excited. Oh my god, I'm so excited for that. Like more than anything in the world right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> He hates Kyrie Irving, Jess. I just wanna, I just wanna <laughs> let you know. Most you most Celtics fans do. Yeah, I have yes. every right to hate him. <laughs> That's true. You do. So, well, Merit, so I'm assuming, is it outro time? I think it is. I think it's time to let all these people's earballs uh, relax a little bit after listening to us. You know, talk for two and a half hours. That's true. But so. Here we go. Outro time. First off, you know, it's our time. We support our friends. We want to give them our flowers. Jess, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us and have to listen to my raspy voice. Um, It's been a pleasure chopping it up with you, like always. Um, If there's any social medias you want to put out so our people can follow, please do so now. Yeah, I forget myself. You can follow at GovChallenge. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere you want to, you can get uh you can get all the information from there. And thank you guys for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Kevin, cut out the cigarettes. Take care of yourself, man. <laughs> I know, seriously, for real. Oh boy. Oh my god. So yeah. So for those that are watching, continue to watch us. Like our stuff on YouTube at the Manly Musings Podcasts. Uh, make sure you can listen to us as well. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on Amazon. So if you don't want to look at my roundness and rotundness, you can go ahead and just <laughs> listen to it. You can follow Merritt at his Instagram, Merritt underscore P. You can follow me at kqueva624. You can follow the podcast Instagram at the Manly Musings Pod. And just want to say thank you again. Peace, y'all. Thank you.